0: Today's show is brought to you by MParticle. It's the only consumer data platform built for omni-channel experiences. Did you know the average American owns four digital devices? In a typical day, I use six or seven devices. I use an Apple Watch, an iPhone. I use AirPods. I sound like an Apple person, but I use it a lot of devices. I use a Google Home. I use an Amazon Echo. I use my televisions. But when I use a product like Spotify or Airbnb, I expect it to know what I need. Those are just two of the world's most innovative brands that use MParticle to unify lots of customer data into a single source of truth. Then MParticle seamlessly delivers that data to any marketing or analytics platform without any additional work. Visit mparticle.com to learn how your business can improve customer experiences and accelerate growth. Today's show is sponsored by Synchrony Financial. Ambition lives everywhere. Synchrony Financial has the payments, tools, and technologies, promotional financing, and retail insights to help you achieve whatever you're working on. Learn more at synchronyfinancial.com. Hi, this is Kara Swisher. I wanted to add a quick note before we start this interview with YouTube CEO Susan Wojcicki. We taped this episode on Thursday, September 28th. As you're going to hear, I asked Susan about whether Russia had used YouTube to meddle in the 2016 U.S. presidential election. She says in the interview that YouTube had not seen anything to suggest that so far, but that the company was continuing to search for problems. A week and a half later, on October 9th, they found them, and Recode's Tony Rom reported that things had changed. Sources said that Google had found thousands of dollars in search and display ads that had suspicious Russian ties. The company hasn't commented publicly on its findings, though, and a probe into what the Russians were using its platforms for is ongoing. The Daily Beast also reported that Russian agents appear to have set up a YouTube account on which fake video bloggers accused Democratic presidential candidate Hillary Clinton of racism. As you can see, it's a lot more complex than Wojcicki was able to talk about at the time. For the latest on all of this, visit Recode.net, where we're covering it very closely day-to-day. We'll also be talking about all of this in the future, both on Recode Decode and on my other podcast, Too Embarrassed to Ask. We get the feeling this story is not going away anytime soon. But for now, please enjoy this interview with YouTube CEO Susan Wojcicki. On with the show. Recode Radio presents Recode Decode, coming to you from the Vox Media Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, executive editor of Recode. You may know me as the one person in the YouTube comments section who tries to teach everyone writing vile ones how to spell correctly, but in my spare time I talk tech and you're listening to Recode Decode, a podcast about tech and media's key players, big ideas, and how they're changing the world we live in. You can find more episodes of Recode Decode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Or just visit recode.net slash podcasts for more. Today in the red chair is Susan Wojcicki, the CEO of YouTube. We are actually broadcasting this from YouTube's beautiful headquarters in San Bruno, California. I have known Susan for a very long time since when Google was started in her garage. She previously led Google's advertising division from 1999 to 2014. Susan, welcome to Rico Decode. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on. You've been on stage with me many times. We've talked about lots of things, but things are always changing. And so, Let's give our listeners just a little background on you. You worked for Intel before Google. That was a million years ago, correct? Yeah. 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 For a short time. For a short time. Nine months. Nine months. And then you did Google and it was in your garage Mm -hmm. and this is a well-known story and then grew up from there and you ran its advertising division for a very long time, which is sort of at the heart of its business. Um, And then you came to YouTube how long ago?
1: Uh, almost four years ago. Four years ago. Uh, that's it's amazing. about three and a half. In February, it'll be four.
0: So why don't we have an update on what th- that's like? What has it been like since you moved here? Because it's a big difference, and it was it's an obviously an important part of Google, one of the fastest-growing parts of Google. So can you talk a little bit about how that's been over the years? Because you're not really a Hollywood person, or you know you don't you, you entertain many and stuff like that, and you really were sort of in the trenches of Google for a long time.
1: Well, it's been great. I'd say when I ran ads you know that's a part of youtube of google's business right? right and but when you come to youtube youtube is a whole company within mm-hmm. a company right. and so the ability to see every part of how this company works mm-hmm. um, was a great opportunity and you're the
0: ceo too and
1: i'm the ceo of it so mm-hmm. i get to see all parts of it and i also i have a real creative side i love mm-hmm. i love creating I had been really into photography when I was in college. Mm-hmm. I had always thought I would do something creative. And so the opportunity to work with all of these creative people who are creating content, I can relate to them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love seeing the work that they do. And so um, when I got here, it was actually a lot smaller than what I had run right. at, at Google. Um, it was smaller in people. It was smaller in revenue. But what attracted me to it was that I saw that this was a huge opportunity right uh, to grow
0: and when did google buy it it was back uh with, from chad hurley and
1: so google bought it uh, when it was just about a year old i think it was in 2006 right. and you uh, snatched
0: it from yahoo
1: we we snatched it from probably a, a number of players yeah um and actually i was a big advocate of buying youtube at the time mm-hmm. um i had despite
0: actually all the copyright issues which went on for you guys for a while
1: Well, I think we knew that there was going to be some legal work we were going to have to do, but I saw that this huge opportunity. So I had been a big advocate Mm -hmm. of buying
0: YouTube. Why? Why was that? Why was that? Well, first of all, I I saw
1: that there were a few insights. So I think the first one was is that people all over the world are going to create content, Mm -hmm. and so we had actually been running Google Video, and we had started by just I remember who was running that. That Yes, me.
0: you and who else? There was a woman who was working. Anyway, um,
1: that's all right, go ahead. Yeah, So and so, well, we had started by first saying, like, here, we'd like people to upload their video. We're not gonna tell you what we're gonna do with our video, just upload the video, mm-hmm. and people all over the world had uploaded video, mm-hmm. and so this idea that people wanna share their video was really the first insight. But then sure. the second one that was even more surprising is that other people wanna watch it, mm-hmm. and that people all over the world were watching this content that was uploaded by regular people. To Google Video,
0: not- which is not considered a success, Google, why, because YouTube is at the same time it was sort of the upstart company?
1: Well, Google started first, mm-hmm. um, I think just a couple of months maybe ahead mm-hmm. of YouTube. And I think there was some process and UI and reasons that YouTube was doing better. But, but the value was is that I could see this is going to be a really valuable area, and that anyone can create content, that people all over the world want to create content, and that other people want to watch it. And I remember, actually, that we had gone, and we had said, oh, let's go get this Hollywood content, and we Mm -hmm. had spent all this time negotiating for it, and we had finally put it on the platform on Google Video. And then at the same time, we had these students um, in their dorm room in China who had created a video of themselves Singing a song in in their dorm room, and mm-hmm. that had way more views, and right. this content that was uh, so um, the inside was, and so this there was an insight that wow, like regular people can create content, and other right. people want to watch it, right. and that's going to be really valuable. And we've entered this new world where there's going to be this new type of content, and so I saw that mm-hmm. in 2006, mm-hmm. um, and that was one of the reasons that I became a really big advocate of buying. And it was YouTube. a big
0: push because there were a lot of competitors, or just it's, Yahoo almost had the deal done essentially, and there was a price issue or something and issues around copyright. But what I remember at the time, right after it was bought, Sergey Brin telling me, well, whatever the price was, we had to have it. It was critical. Why did you think it was critical? Was your, like, it didn't matter because it was such an important part of things going forward.
1: Well, Google's an information company, right? Our mission is to organize the world's information. And video is a really important type of information. And mm-hmm. so I think we saw the value of having people upload video all over the world. And also the opportunity to be able to serve video in search, right? So if you type in certain queries like "how to tie a tie," like the best thing is actually get a YouTube a, video of it. a YouTube video, yeah, yeah. Um, of how to tie the tie. Mm-hmm. And so I think we saw that as pretty critical from that perspective. Mm-hmm. And then also the the other insight too was the ability that advertisers want to serve ads, right. and that. They wouldn't want to just serve ads on traditional content that was produced, you know, the traditional way. But they'd also be willing to serve ads on content that was generated Mineral. by, yeah, by by, by everyday people. Um, and I mean, now we have professional creators, but um, we saw that early on we could have an advertising model. This would be valuable in search. Um, this was an important sort, source of information. Mm-hmm. And and also, you know anything that is growing is really interesting. Like if you see the way that people, like early people on. People use it, yeah. Yeah, I saw that those growth numbers. Yeah. And um, it was actually interesting because I did the model that mm-hmm. predicted that, we should buy it mm-hmm. and I actually had like 10 minutes where I produced this model uh-huh. and in the model I assumed um this high growth rate but and that was what it was and that was the first question people always had is they didn't think like that that was actually going to be right. the growth it was difficult
0: rate. at the time to do it it was difficult at the time to the computers weren't quite right there weren't phones yeah it was
1: before mobile phones yeah. and today yeah. the majority of our business is on mobile mm-hmm. but but even so like YouTube was able to surpass all of those growth numbers. So I created this model. I had really high growth numbers, and people said, really? Is it really going to grow that fast? Like, I don't believe you. Mm -hmm. And yet, YouTube was able to surpass all those numbers. Absolutely.
0: So one of the things I remember early on was interesting is is sort of the changing thought of what YouTube is, although it hasn't changed that much from what it started as. But there was a very early on, there was an event down in San Francisco by the water of some creators, and Katy Perry saying because she was she gotten popular on YouTube. I you know do you remember that? I think we were sitting. I think I came to that. Yeah. yeah, and it was really interesting because it was the first time this idea of professional user generated content was also introduced that were not Hollywood people. So it was an interesting time. So you one of the things that people talk about. You're always on lists of CEO candidates. Yeah. You know, Susan, you you've been at Google since the beginning the actual beginning what are you employee number what 16 16 why are you 16 you should be earlier than that right did someone else grab it
1: well if I had joined the day before I would have been there were four people who joined the day before me so (laughs) not that it really matters (laughs) right but yeah so actually I worked at Intel while they were in my house right I didn't work at Google right right I just was the landlord and I drove to Intel every day while they were working in my house and they just
0: rented it from you right or you were helping them
1: No, they rented it, but I would come down and talk to them at night, Yeah, but I didn't officially work there.
0: Was it an ad? I'm sorry. I don't even know that. Was it an ad they had? Did you you feel like renting it? Did you need the money? Yeah,
1: I needed the money. Okay. Um, (laughs)
0: That's
1: why. (laughs) Yeah. I had just bought a a house, and I needed a way to cover the mortgage, and so I decided I'd rent it out, and then I had a ... I had put an ad, actually, in the paper, but then Mm -hmm. I had a friend, and she knew Sergey and Larry, and knew they were, had just gotten funding, and so she's like, oh, they're looking for a space, and actually, it worked out really well, because, you know, they were just three people, and mm-hmm. there was really hard to get space at that Who was time. Who's the third one? It
0: was, whatchamacallit, it was Craig Silverstein. Craig, yeah. Craig, yeah. Craig Silverstein yeah. was number the one. He always first employee. Yeah. yeah. So
1: he was employee number one, mm-hmm. and so the two of them worked in the house. They Craig was there, mm-hmm. and I lived in the house. Right, right. And... You know, I made sure that they didn't enter my space, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. right? Since They're I lived probably there, probably did, didn't they? Well, you know, there was an ongoing discussion an ongoing, about yeah, how right. to how to manage yeah. the fact that they yeah. worked there, I lived there.
0: You've since Google since bought that house, is that right? To keep it as a yeah, Google has bought it. Has since. bought it, and then you're going to make a museum of something, or is your thing still know. there? You don't know. No. I don't know. <laughs> right, right. So you, you live elsewhere. Do you ever go back and sort of like, look at this house? Yeah, I, I had? do. Yeah. I do. I liked it. I, yeah. I mean, I lived there a for nice years. a house. I remember I it. lived
1: there for years afterwards. I remember Very going to the kitchen
0: and they were in the garage. I remember that yeah. vividly. But my point being is that you could have been, you're always on the list. First of all, there's not enough women CEOs, clearly, um, in Silicon Valley, but you've been on lots of lists and stuff like that. Why stay with Google this long? You, you, but you now have your own company, I guess, in a lot of ways. How did you make that decision?
1: Well, I'm always thinking about what's most interesting for me to do and Mm -hmm. what's highest impact. And I think being at YouTube is this incredible platform to Mm -hmm. be able to, I mean, I can't imagine a better platform. Mm -hmm. And um, I love the way that it's about information. I think it's this next generation type of information because it video is sight sound and motion. It's incredibly powerful. Mm-hmm. and it's a global business. It's growing fast. It has all kind of impact um, across the board and like the way people can learn and start businesses and start media companies. And so I love what I do and I mean, yes, I've been at Google for. 18
0: 19, years? 18 years. Right? It's the 19th anniversary yeah, coming.
1: I'm, I'm between 18 and 19 years. But it's completely different. I mean, mm-hmm. when I started out, it was a small company, right? With like I was employee 16. Mm-hmm. And now we have, now basically I run my own company within Google. Right. Um, but I still advise on lots of issues associated with Google. With Google itself, and, yeah. And I feel like I can, I have the best of both worlds. It's, it's an incredible platform. I have control mm-hmm. over something that is really really important uh, in the world it's fast growing and I can't imagine going somewhere else and that that would be better it would be
0: better right well, there's a couple companies I can think of um, I kept suggesting you for the uber ceo but uh, you're probably too nice for that so you, you you run this autonomously although you're under google and it's never been thought about spinning it out or anything like that you you run it autonomously under the google brand and then which is under the alphabet brand correct
1: we run an autonomous company, and the way to think about it is that we run on Google infrastructure. Right, and they and, do ads. And we outsource our ads to Google, mm-hmm. and they serve those ads and uh, on our platform. And so... You know, I think it's actually an arrangement that works really well. It gives us some autonomy. It's important to Google. It's important we get great services. There's mm-hmm. a lot of things that we get for free as being part of Google that makes right. it much easier to be able to run Google, to run YouTube.
0: All right. We're going to talk about the business in a minute, but what do you how do you like being a CEO? What is your what is your what do you like about it?
1: I like having a, a vision. Mm-hmm. I think I've always been able to see what's coming and you know, when I was joined Google, people always was like, "Why did you join this company?" It was so small at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see the importance of Google. I could see the way it was going to grow. It was going to yeah. become a big company. I could see the importance, even though no one else could see it. Well, that's because the there's been a lot
0: of search engines that didn't work.
1: Yeah. Well, at the time when I joined, people would always say, why does the world need another search engine, mm-hmm. right? That mm-hmm. was like the most common question, because there were so many of them.
0: Yeah, that must have been and my lead when you got funded, I think, in the Wall Street Journal. <laughs> well, it, <laughs> it, it might could have, have been. That's what everybody yeah. said. Yeah.
1: Um, and then the second thing they would say is there's no money in search. That right. was the second thing, which turned right. out to obviously not to be true. Right, no. So I think this ability to be able to see where something is going mm-hmm. is something I've really enjoyed. Right. And... I think, again, I saw that with YouTube early on. I saw this with our ads businesses, the way it could grow. And so this opportunity to be able to have a vision about where a company is going and be able to work really hard to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is is that I've, I've been on Google's management team since the beginning. And so I've seen all of these decisions that have been made by all these great leaders um, who have been part of Google. And this has been an opportunity for me when I'm running YouTube is to be able to take advantage of all of those memories, those years and years of serving on the um, right. management committee right. and be able to think about like, look, we have a challenge, how do we handle this here? Right. Also, when I first got here, it really felt like going back in time. Mm-hmm. You know, I, Google was quite big when I left and I came back here, it was a smaller company. How many
0: people were here? You
1: I want to say maybe like 1,500 people mm-hmm. total. Mm-hmm. Um, we, at least in our headquarters, we fit into one building. And so right. it really felt like it was yours. It really felt like a, a little company that, that, I, and I saw this high growth and I thought well I learned all these things being at Google now I have this opportunity to apply what I learned there and to make it happen here at YouTube right and and I, really benefit
0: I, I will note it is in a separate completely separate space from Google it's far away from Mountain View it's, it's in more a suburban neighborhood Google has a campus so it really is operating separately yeah and
1: we're have a campus too actually yeah. like we have those buildings there yeah but it's the not street. quite the same
0: it's no it's not quite the it's same. a neighborhood it's kind of a neighborhood thing it's more like sort of early Facebook if you remember where they were so what what were the challenges you wanted to face when you came here? What was your assessment of what needed to be done? And then talk a little bit about the growth, because it has grown a lot under your yeah, leadership.
1: Yeah, so, so growth is always essential. Running any tech company, you want to make sure you're growing. So putting in place all of the right structure to be able to ensure growth. Um, but then on top of that, there are other things that we've done that are very different. Like we've launched a subscription service, mm-hmm. which is um, Red, Red. And we also have launched a few separate apps. So we launched a music app, we launched a kids app. Um, and we've launched a gaming app. So Mm -hmm. those were actually new directions as well. Um, I think the other thing that we've done a lot more of that we've been really focused on is this idea that YouTube is not just a one-way broadcast, but it's a two-way conversation. Mm-hmm. How can we do even more in facilitating this two-way conversation? So really investing in the ability for creators to talk to talk to fans. Mm-hmm. And um, for example, we've done a huge amount of work on our comments to be able to improve the quality and also yeah. to add a lot of features there. Yeah. Um, mobile live, we've always had live, we've added mobile live. And we also enabled this community um, tab for creators to be able to talk to their fans Mm -hmm. um, with text and photos and polls and um, all kinds of other ways. And so that has been a really big area of mine. Um, And I think also just building within the company, YouTube is an ecosystem between advertisers and creators and users. And that means that there are... It's delicate. And mm-hmm. so the more that YouTube can actually understand all three of those constituents, that's really important. So I've really tried to understand the creator mindset, get to know all of the creators. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about that more in detail them.
0: in the next section because there was a lot of people trying to steal your creators. And there's still competition, sure. you know, yeah, in mean, between them all.
1: Well, so this is a very competitive mm-hmm. market. Mm-hmm. Um and it's always changing and and that's one of the things that like I enjoy about it I enjoy mm-hmm. that it's constantly changing I enjoy so it's competitive what was your
0: number one worry when you were came here besides it being so, big and growing and it is astonishing how much it gro- this this site grows despite uh, 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 other competitors
1: so I didn't spend a lot of time analyzing it. So when Larry asked me if I wanted to run YouTube, mm-hmm. um, I didn't say, I couldn't go, I couldn't say to him, oh, like, well, let me go home and analyze this mm-hmm. and do like pros and cons and then right. come back and talk about all right. the things that you're worried. Because I was worried if I said that, that like, maybe I wouldn't get the job, oh, right? right? Maybe right. I'd have to go I somewhere else. So I, in I my,
0: suspect you would get any job you wanted to.
1: Well, yeah. I had to I had to be able to make a really fast decision in right. my head, like, did this make sense for me? Right. So... You know, basically, when he asked me, I this said yes. This is Larry yes.
0: Page, who is the yes, CEO Larry Page. of Alphabet now.
1: Yes, he's CEO of Alphabet now. He was CEO of Google. Well, Alphabet didn't exist at the time, yeah. but at the time, he was CEO of Google, and he asked me. And so I said yes, like mm-hmm. right there on the spot. Yes.
0: Wow. <laughs> well, because you just thought, yes, this is cool, or what?
1: Well, I had run ads yes. for over a decade. On it, yeah. um, I mean, we were at such a scale that mm-hmm. it was that we had all the great management team mm-hmm. in place we mm-hmm. had i felt like i could pass it off right. um, to it the next set of leaders and it was like so really what was tough. Your number have a new one challenge
0: what was your number one worry
1: well so when i started i didn't really have any worry i was mm-hmm. just like yay you know let me let me yeah. i'm excited to be at youtube yeah. right yeah. when i got here i was like wow there are a lot of things i should be worried about right. but right. when i but when i first joined i like I, I just right? was like yay, i'm excited to be here
0: so when you walked in there what was the biggest problem
1: well I think the the biggest challenge for me first of all was hiring my the management team that we mm-hmm. had here so I think you know there was a I mean I realized because I had run Google for so long like all of those people had been people that I had hired or right, that brought in sure, or yeah. promoted Your over team. time. And so coming into a new place right. and actually having to gain respect of those new people. Yeah. And they at first were, you know, why is she here? Right. right? Yeah. Like she hasn't ever been part of YouTube. And even though mm-hmm. I've been at Google for a long time, Google and YouTube are different companies. You're from
0: Westeros, right? Yeah, they were like, <laughs> like
1: she's from that other land over right. there. Yeah. Like, well, you That know. pays
0: for everything. But yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: It, yes, it does, and I was the person generating the yeah. money that was paying for for mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. But, so that was definitely a challenge, is mm-hmm. to come into a new spot and to earn credibility from them.
0: Right, and figure um, out who's good and who's not. And who's
1: Well, and to figure out like, you know, who's, I. Who what I identified is, is that there were a lot of roles that needed to be filled mm-hmm. um, on the team. And it made me think back to how I had operated when I was like in 2002 land, mm-hmm. where you're doing the job and you are doing multiple jobs, and right. you're recruiting for Be those cool. jobs, right, right. and it's really, really hard, right. and so I so was like,
0: like a startup, like what you were talking about,
1: yeah, it was, it felt like a startup, and I had to think back, like, to those startup days, right, because when I left ads, like, I had a, you know, a great big management team, I had many VPs, mm-hmm. you know, they all knew what they were doing, they'd all been there for 10 years plus, plus. Yeah. and they all had, so they had some and expertise, and so, yeah, and so I could, you know, we were able to, to have great leadership there, and then I got to YouTube, and there was a lot of change, there's a lot of questioning it wasn't clear where we were going mm-hmm. um i didn't have a full management team and there was lots of things that needed to be figured out mm-hmm. and um and like i also um you know was bringing up different questions like you know for example having a subscription service that wasn't something that was currently mm-hmm. in the mindset of of youtubers right right because so. I
0: hadn't thought of a different way all right when we get back we're talking to susan wajiski she's the ceo of youtube and we are broadcasting from youtube headquarters in san bruno california which is right next to the airport. And we're talking about where YouTube has been and where it's going. In the next section, we're going to talk about some of the new things that have happened. We'll talk about how Hollywood is changing. We'll talk about its subscription service. We'll talk about politics and Susan's own YouTube channel, apparently. This episode is brought to you by M Particle, the customer data platform for every screen. And I'm here with co-founder and CEO Michael Katz. So Gartner says that customer data platforms, or CDP, is another... Expression, are the most uh, buzzed about marketing technology topics in 2017. What is a customer data platform and why the sudden interest?
1: Customer data platforms are about capturing user behaviors across any screen or system, creating a unified view of that customer, and then making it easy to connect that data to various types of marketing and analytics tools in real time, nonetheless. And so they're getting a lot of attention now because people are engaging with brands across lots of different screens and devices. And this shift has created a real challenge as brands try to map the customer journey and deliver these consistent and personalized experiences across all these different touch points.
0: Thank you, Mike Katz of MParticle. Where can we learn more about what you're doing?
1: Go to www.mparticle.com or follow us on Twitter at MParticles with an S.
0: Ah, thank you so much. Thanks. This show is brought to you by Qualcomm, the company that invented the fundamental technology in everything you love about your phone. From download speeds to stunning photos to GPS, none of it would work the way you count on without Qualcomm engineers getting there first. And now the company that changed everything with the smartphone is about to change everything else. Qualcomm is why you love your smartphone, no matter what brand of phone it is. Learn more at qualcomm.com slash weinvent. We're here with Susan Wojcicki. She is the CEO of YouTube, and we are live here at the YouTube headquarters in San Bruno, California, where Susan presides over 1,500 people, right? Correct? No, it's bigger. How big?
1: I don't know if we say, but...
0: A thousand, yes. Okay, all right. So you are most of the people here or are they across the world? Because Google does your advertising, right? And where are most of the people who work for YouTube here in San Bruno?
1: So San Bruno is our headquarters, mm-hmm. and most people are here in San Bruno. But we also have offices in Mountain View mm-hmm. um, along with – we have like we have our own Internet. campus within right. Mountain View. Mm-hmm. Um, we have offices in L.A., of place. course.
0: At the Borg is what I call it, but y- go ahead. Yes, well, yeah.
1: we, we – uh, We're in the Google West campus Mm -hmm. and we're in LA. Mm -hmm. Um, We actually have a big studio in LA. Um, We have a nice office next to it. Um, we um, We have offices in Europe, we have offices in Asia. So we have offices globally, but most of our engineering is happening in
0: the West Coast. In the West Coast here. So let's talk about some of the think initiatives you've been under. Let's start. We're going to talk a little bit over Hollywood in a second. But first, let's talk about the subscription service. Obviously, there were lots of subscription services launched by Amazon, by Spotify, lots of things. And then you all, Apple and others. Talk a little bit about why you decided to do this, because YouTube was later to this game. What was the thinking behind it, And how is it doing? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, so Google has and Google and YouTube have a very strong advertising mm-hmm. business and that's really been our core business. Yes, and we're true. focused on growing that. And we think that's great because you can have free content. It can mm-hmm. be for people all over the world. But a subscription service is also valuable because valuable because it enables you to have content that otherwise you can't pay for just with ads. Right. So if you look at T V today, it's about half paid for by by a subscription service Mm -hmm. and half paid for for, by ads. And if you look at most media, it's half subscription, half ads. Mm -hmm. And so we thought that there's some type of content that we want to be able to have on the platform. If we don't have a subscription service, we won't be able to offer that. Mm -hmm. And um, also from a music perspective, Perspective. It was really important, so because you have to pay those guys. Well, YouTube has a has a big music mm-hmm. um, collection. We right. actually think we have the largest music collection mm-hmm. of anyone out there. Like, if you want any song, any version of the song, any any type, yeah. and we have the videos the audio, that go yeah. with yeah. it. Yeah. But if you are interested in a specific type of Indian music, mm-hmm. it's very likely we have that content. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted to be able to offer a listening service as well. And to do that, we had to offer a subscription service. And yeah. so we offer we're offering in our red service an ability to have a full music service mm-hmm. um, some original content on top of that as well as features like the ability to watch it without ads as well as to be able to offline any content that mm-hmm. you want
0: mm-hmm. so your competitors in that space would be spotify would be uh, amazon others how do you look at the competition because spotify really is the youtube of music really is the one that really captures people's imaginations i know my kids listen to Spotify more although they are big YouTube fans but mostly in the videos mostly in the video space and then just yesterday for some unknown reason my eldest son bought Apple Music I don't know there was a song he couldn't get anywhere else um, so it was interesting how I watch how they use it but uh, they definitely have an affiliation with the Spotify more than the big players for example.
1: Well, I think we really have two services within mm-hmm. one. So one is the music service. Right. And that, I would say, yes, the competitors would be Spotify and Apple Music. And it's tough.
0: It's a tough to make It's money. a tough
1: business. But yeah. on the other hand, we have... A, lot, a large collection. We have a unique set of videos mm-hmm. and we think we can do a good job. And mm-hmm. so there are a lot of people who like to come to YouTube. They like to listen to music. They like the way that our music mm-hmm. um, is does the recommendations. And so that's one part of the appeal of red. And then there's a second one, which is the original content. And so what we've focused on for our originals is we've focused on YouTube creators. Right. And them being able to do something that's original and unique above and beyond what they do Only on their on regular YouTube. show and then have that on YouTube Red. Right. And so right now it's a combination service as well as ability to um, have these other features, right? Like mm-hmm. I you know, I just people say, "Oh, I like it without the ads." Or I just saw someone yesterday who does a lot of trips to Europe and he mm-hmm. said, "I offline all this content before I get on the plane and it's so great, mm-hmm. I can watch it on the plane." Right. And so I think it th- there there are many features within it and so I don't want to say there's just one competitor that mm-hmm. we're competing with there. Uh, it's a combination of both music and some content. And some
0: content. How many subscribers do you have? Do you not release this?
1: We have not, not released a, it. Nobody
0: released. it. Was we have really not released huge, it. You would. Yes. Why don't you tell me then?
1: Well, I'll promise I'll tell you when we have a, when number, you have that a big we're, number that we're ready to release. We're getting soon. We're getting if it was soon. Like
0: twenty billion. Uh, you'd be like, we have twenty billion. billion.
1: Yes. Yes. So yes. we have many big numbers, and right. we would love to share those big numbers. Right. Right. And uh, I will say, like, it is a growing service. We've mm-hmm. been really pleased with the growth mm-hmm. that we have there. And um, we've actually combined with Play Music, so Play Music is now um, working with the um, Red Team and right, with YouTube Play. Music. So we've actually mm-hmm. and those two services cross-authenticate um, mm-hmm. each other. And so, um, we're but these work-
0: are competing services, right? Pretty much. Or- well, we're
1: working on how they can come together. Right. And um, anyway, we're we, we're growing. Our numbers so are good, you, and we'll you, come back to you. With okay. All
0: right. Thank you. I'll I'll try to find out before you tell me. When you're using these services how do you get the people to, to use all of them or do you, do you feel like it's a zero sum game with a Spotify or whoever, whoever whatever space is in the video space do you look at it as a zero sum game, or do people you? How do you when you think well, of? I think the it's users. a growing
1: market right now. Right. I mean, the opportunity for people. I mean, we're undergoing this this huge seismic change. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- when you look at these markets of of music and TV, mm-hmm. um, these are ginormous markets. I mean, TV is you know, estimated to be five hundred billion. Right. And the fact that people are changing their viewing behavior right. and they're moving to Just streaming these, and yeah direct-to-consumer and right. everything is streamed and they have right. the ability to have it on mobile and cross-device. Like These are really, really big changes. I, th- I think if you look at music, they've also undergone really similar well, that's changes. Well, really shifted
0: rather quickly compared to video. But what's interesting... When, when, well, it's a smaller industry. Yes. Yeah. So when you think about what you're doing, you guys had resisted online content creation the way Netflix had. I remember being at a dinner that I forced you to go to with Richard Plepler from yes. HBO. And yes. he kept saying you should make shows, you know, I make shows, why don't you make shows? And you were so polite to him. You're like, well, we do, you know, we, we give funding to people and we, we promote and encourage content creators because that's not our area of expertise and stuff like that. As you're thinking on that, and he kept saying, you know, that's the way to go, and, and you were res- resisting it, but you were like, I work for algorithm company, so we think a lot about how to get, we have cre- content creative people do that. Do you, have you thought differently about that? Because you guys were funding different things. You were doing all kinds of studio stuff. Where is that right now?
1: Yeah, so I think our, shif- our our thoughts have shifted a little bit on that. But mm-hmm. I will say the main way that we have content is by being a platform. I think, right. that's a, first of all, we're a platform. We have these unique tools mm-hmm. um, that enable a new generation of content creators oh. to create content mm-hmm. and that is our core business so it's really important when you run a company that is doing a million things and running a million miles not to get confused you like, do what's your core really well yeah. yeah well what's your core and what's the thing that's your what's a growth area for you right mm-hmm. adjacent but growth and so mm-hmm. our core is free ad supported platform and, for, content for content creators and
0: user-generated content
1: yeah, and, right. for, and for user-generated content. And, yeah. and and we really have changed in the mm-hmm. sense that we used to just be about user-generated content where people are uploading and saying, oh, here's your cat, mm-hmm. you know, and it's on a skateboard, right? Mm-hmm. Like that was sort of the quintessential YouTube yeah. video. And we've moved to this area where we actually have mm-hmm. you know, thousands of people who are making a living just generating right. YouTube videos. Like and also
0: Hollywood companies are putting shows, a lot of the, con- the late night shows or Saturday yes. Live or things like that. So
1: we now have deals with pretty much every single Hollywood. Hollywood company, mm-hmm. they're putting their shows on YouTube. We work mm-hmm. with many different organizations. We get all the sports clips mm-hmm. and we get the highlights. Um, so across the board, we have really moved from this user generated only to much more professional right. content. Um, but you, in dipped, to you the have in addition, you have not generated. dipped
0: into the Netflix world. And I, I, you know, it's Apple is the same way. They seem. They've made some shows, but it's clearly not what they're focused on. Like, it's it's a side thing.
1: Well, we are making shows yes. now for yeah. Red. So um, what
0: was the thinking behind that? How did you think? Because you, you had talked about not, this is not being your area of expertise.
1: Yeah, well, I think what we saw, first of all, is that our YouTube creators were these amazing stars. And they mm-hmm. were creating content. And there was this opportunity for them to be able to, right. they wanted to create star shows. Right. and we saw that they had that ability. So mm-hmm. we thought, like, if they want to create a show, we don't want them necessarily going to somewhere else. Like, their right. their fans are on YouTube. Right. But then we've actually started to go into new areas. Like, we have Step Up coming up, for example, mm-hmm. the end of this year, where mm-hmm. we're still working, finalizing the time. But that's, like, an is example that, what of is a that much- bring friggin- it? It's a series that we're doing. Mm-hmm. It's about dance. Mm-hmm. And we have great staffing for it. So we're super excited about this. show. Is shows. that you Being,
0: making those decisions? So, Do you go, I want a dance show? Susan Wojcicki sitting up here well, in San Bruno. California. So
1: we've actually hired Suzanne Daniels, mm-hmm. um, who is yes, a yes, yeah, so you know Suzanne Daniels, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. she is running our programming department. Um, we have a you know a well funded budget for getting mm-hmm. started, right. right? Like and so and we're starting to figure out like well what are the types of shows that make sense for us to get done mm-hmm. on our platform, right? And so what are what are
0: what is the difference between you and a Netflix? Like do you ever imagine you creating a House of Cards or something like a really long dramas or I looked at Netflix the other day and they had like 90 shows. It was sort of, I was like, whoa, they've got so many. And there are tremendous actors on the platform. Obviously, Amazon is funding a lot. It shows up at the, at the Emmys, wins Emmys for their shows, Transparent or uh, The Man in the Tower, whatever it's called, what's it called? Anyway, the, the Nazi show, yeah. essentially. And so they're doing it a different way. Do you think of it that way or is that the, because you had started off just having the studio. So we have
1: studios, and the studios are for YouTube creators. Right, right. And you were giving money out to people. You were
0: handing money to publishers and others, right? Well, so that was
1: years ago. Yeah. That was actually before I got here. Yeah, right. But I want to
0: know why you evolved it.
1: Well, so what we see is we see this amazing core business that Mm -hmm. we're investing in. Right. um, And this opportunity to grow on top of this core business a subscription service. Sure. But but Netflix has... Or Amazon. Netflix and Amazon are both spending billions and billions and billions of dollars. And so... When you think about building a subscription service, you can't just start from scratch, right? Mm-hmm. You can't just say, "Oh, like let's have billions and billions of dollars, like right. with no subscribers," because right. that would probably not go over.
0: Although very probably well. they got a lot of subscribers because, like Hulu with uh, *Handmaid's Tale*, has gotten a real—they've finally yeah. done something that makes people want to subscribe to yeah. Hulu.
1: Well, so I think about this year as like we've been building up our subscription, mm-hmm. subscriber base, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why we've had Red and we've been building it up and, and we are starting to dip our toe into doing a lot more higher end content production. Right. And we think that will be important to grow the subscription service. Mm-hmm. But I'll say even having a great Show like mm-hmm. even having whether it's Handmaid's Tale or House of Cards like mm-hmm. yes those are fantastic shows like mm-hmm. if you look at the core YouTube business to be able to continue to grow that mm-hmm. we have 1.5 billion lo- signed in users coming to our site every single mm-hmm. month um, we've been growing at almost 50 percent year on year just in terms of our watch time like we have right. over one billion hours mm-hmm. and so that business is one where you're where you're playing You've more think hard in the, about the programming well it, that's a that's a business where not one show is going to drive those numbers like right. what what actually actually drives those numbers is the sum of mm-hmm. many 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 creators and the fact that we have this giant long right. tail that's very diverse. And so yes, I think it is important for us as an adjacent business to figure out like how do we grow a subscription service on top of that and how do we have high quality right. or a ha- higher production cost content and right. dramas and um, but that's a new area for us. It's a sure. competitive area, and right. so you know we want to think about like what can we do that's that's right. unique because and different.
0: The the formula has been for Netflix and then Amazon sort of copied it is like let's have a hit show, let's have something that everyone's talking about, let's show up at the let's have Jeff Bezos show up in a tuxedo at the at the Emmys. Yeah. Or Hulu, for example, this year I think Hulu really did really well. It's a fantastic show um and it couldn't find a home elsewhere um and then well, you t- know you have hard. hbo yeah no it's
1: hard to have a hit show you right. know so right. like people are always like well yeah like we'd love a hit show too mm-hmm. right if we knew what the hit show was we'd mm-hmm. go get it mm-hmm. um, but i think you know we have to be we're starting with a subscription service we really just started it when I mm-hmm. when I was here we've been building it up we're building up our numbers mm-hmm. and we're figuring out what kind of content makes sense for us to have on our platform and you'll see us continue to invest more and more in the content production area on the service on top of mm-hmm on top of what we're doing on YouTube. Do you YouTube? expect to
0: spend billions and billions on content? Because everyone's, you know, that's the big, like when Netflix, Amazon, I don't, again, I don't think Apple is as serious as others in that space. Um, they sell phones pretty much or, or devices and things like that. Do you imagine spending, getting into that range or, or just a different take on it, spending the same amount of money?
1: I mean, we could in the future. I mean, right now we spend billions and billions on this um, long tail of these amazing um, mm-hmm. creators that we have. Right. So- um, which we see as you know again our our core business. So a multitude,
0: a more of a multitude. Approach. So we could, we definitely
1: yeah. could do that in the future. I think the reality is like. You have to be responsible in how you right. run this, right? And right. so you want to have enough of a budget that you can right. actually experiment, yeah, but not so it, much budget that you can hang yourself it, with it. It always and it get drives stuck. me
0: crazy how responsible you are, Susan. Um, well, well, <laughs> you've always made money. right? Well, yeah, yeah, you have
1: to you have to make money because if this look, I, if so. I went out there, yeah. if we went out there and we're like, yes, yeah, let's have billions and millions of dollars, and then it didn't go very well, like it probably wouldn't happen again. Right, right. And so right. you need oh to, yes, it
0: would. You know, no, it would not happen, Susan. It would, would not happen again. I have you and I have been here too long to. It happen over and over. No, you know?
1: no. So you need to be responsible with it, right. and and also like it's a com- it's this is the most competitive time. For yeah, content. really. Is. Like. Every you know, Apple, Amazon, Hulu, um, Netflix, like they're all bidding mm-hmm. for that content. And, and so Facebook
0: think, seems to be making noises in that direction, though it really hasn't. Well, Facebook so is
1: okay. So Facebook is going for content that is ad supported, that right. is not subscription. Mm-hmm. And we also have started to do a lot more content that is ad supported. Like so we announced. Stuff, yeah. Well, so we announced that we were producing six shows that were going to be originals that were support that are going to be ad supported. Mm-hmm. And what we've seen is that the, the number of ad supported shows has really declined. It was eighty five percent. It's mm-hmm. now down to um 66 percent mm-hmm. um and so the opportunity for us to create ad supported originals is actually much higher mm-hmm. than it was before and mm-hmm. so we are we are creating a show with Kevin Hart mm-hmm. um we actually have Demi Lovato's movie coming out Simply Complicated um we you have, have a, a Demi
0: Lovato Le- I didn't realize yes that. Yeah. yes
1: it's coming out yes we can and we can get you tickets to the premiere Ooh. if you want no, to um, cover you, it
0: okay well um <laughs> maybe I'll send someone yes I, I send will be Peter a he's an enormous Demi Lovato <laughs> it's fan. in LA it's oh, in LA he'll go okay. I'll send him right there
1: okay Okay, so Simply Complicated, um, we um, are doing stuff with Ellen. She's Mm -hmm. doing an original um, set of of shows and clips for us, Mm -hmm. and so... You know, we did stuff with Katy Perry. Right. You mentioned Katy Perry early yeah. on. So we're thinking about how we can create this global platform, original content, but it's ad supported. Right. Like, that's great for our advertisers.
0: How, how do you, I want to finish up this thing, how do you go down to Hollywood and enter? How do you like that? Because, again, you're you're pretty, a button, not a buttoned up person, but you're a pretty straightforward person. You don't, you're not Hollywood-ish.
1: Well, I have I'm you know.
0: I know you have a gown, Susan. I get yes, it. Yes, <laughs> I can
1: go I can go to Hollywood too. I don't know what you're talking about. I know, but
0: you're so logical. Like I just well, watching you and Richard Pepler was the funniest thing I've ever well, seen. Well, we're my... friends. No, I we're get like that. Good no, I know. We friends we, we were just on a that. panel together. Yes, I get that. But I'm just saying you're not you 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 sort of do, you're not the fast-talking deal-making like ah, like that kind of thing. Do you like how do you imagine Hollywood's changing or is it changing more I towards mean,
1: Look, everyone in Hollywood's interested in YouTube. Whenever Mm -hmm. I meet them, they're always interested. Like, how can we do something not They definitely weren't
0: seven years ago, for sure.
1: Yeah, well, they are now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so when I talk to them, they're always like, "What can we do together?" Mm-hmm. You know, first of all, we already have a deal with them. Okay, mm-hmm. so we're talking about the existing deal, how to make mm-hmm. the existing deal better. Mm-hmm. Then we're talking about new ideas. I mean, when you have a billion and a half users on yeah. your platform, it's People global. And you, I mean, we have we our average session time is sixty minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, when you have the numbers that you have, right, it's. R- Everyone wants to talk to you. And so, and at the end of the day, people are all people. Right. And I mean, I actually think I have a really good relationship with Mm -hmm. all of the people in Hollywood. I've gotten to know them all as people. I've seen them all at these different events like I I think you know I'm just sort of me and yeah. who I am yeah. and like they recognize like I come yeah. from a different world right but on the other hand like I'm making an effort to well, get to know them. you are one of
0: the few people in tech can actually hold a conversation rather <laughs> charmingly <laughs> compared to a lot of people. Well I try but yeah.
1: look I, I mean showing up is half the battle right. so if you just if I just go down there right. and I just meet with them and I explain what we're doing like and and I'm honest and open and, and I do things like I speak at their events, yeah. I yes. speak at their board meetings, mm-hmm. I go to the same events You're that friendly. they go to. I'm, and I'm Google has not been the friend. And I've gotten to know them all.
0: Yeah, they were scared of Google for a long time. I, you acknowledge that. Has this finishing up this section just answer this question? Has has Hollywood changed or has Google changed? You know, it's, you know, I'm using Google as a whole as the, whatever you want to call it, Alphabet, Google, YouTube. Mm-hmm. Which side has changed more? Because there was so much resistance, even just a few short years ago, um, and so much questioning. I one time was a, with a studio head, and they were talking about the danger of Google and YouTube, and and I said, how does Google make money? And they could not even, they didn't even know, and they were, I would, they were like clicking on. Links. I'm like, no, no, they don't. They don't make money like that. And it was really interesting that they didn't even have a conception of how you mm-hmm. all operated. Do you feel like the gulf is smaller or not? Or what's the problem? What's, what's, what is, is in the smaller. way?
1: I think the gulf is smaller for a few reasons that I think people, well, different industries understand that there's a big opportunity with digital, that it's, mm-hmm. that it's changing their business and there's an opportunity there. And so to the extent that they can understand your business and figure out how to work together mm-hmm. and how to leverage whatever success you're having um, and that they know the people. I mean, again, I really find just getting to know them as people mm-hmm. goes a long way so that, like, when something comes up, they can call you.
0: Right, and um, Google was at fault that way, too. It was very insular against, you know, people did not understand what was happening.
1: Well, the the challenge with Google is is that because it's a, it, it was a small company, it, like, took time for us to build up the people to be able to go and speak to and build out those relationships. Mm-hmm. And so... What I see now is is that Hollywood is very interested. People understand, I mean, we just had the Emmys and they mm-hmm. saw so many of the streaming services that won, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so they understand that this is the future. Right. Um, they're all interested, they're all building their own direct-to-consumer Yes, apps. they're all trying, they're all trying to, to go direct. They all um, realize that, they, they're in the US at least, there are real declining mm-hmm. numbers in terms of the oh, cord yeah. cutters. Yeah. Um, I think if you look at the 18 to 24, yeah. it's down 40% over the last five years. Mm-hmm. So they see, look, the world is changing and if so then you know if i show up and say look we have all those users are all coming mm-hmm. to our site they're spending 60 minutes a day yeah. on our site right. um, we'd love to work with you how can we work with you mm-hmm. and we've also grown so we our budgets are a little bigger too mm-hmm. so we can actually do more with well, them they do like than money. we could have yeah well of course everybody does <laughs> yeah. i mean we're all in business and right. so at the end of the day it has to work for them it has to work yeah. for us right and so i'm hopeful that there will be more and more understanding over time
0: Okay. We're here with Susan Wojcicki. She is the CEO of YouTube, and we're broadcasting from YouTube's headquarters in San Bruno, California. When we get back, we're going to talk about some issues, such as an essay Susan just wrote about a person at Google who wrote a very controversial memo, politics, and where everything is going. Today's show is brought to you by Synchrony Financial. Ambition lives everywhere. At Synchrony Financial, they believe your ambition isn't something you just look forward to. It's what you work forward to. That's why they partner with businesses to help provide payment tools and technologies, promotional financing, and retail insights. Every day at more than 350,000 partner locations, they help people and businesses fulfill their unique ambitions, big and small, for themselves and their communities. Because at the end of the day, when customers succeed, businesses succeed. And when we all work together, we can achieve more than we can alone. The only question is, what are you working forward to? Learn more at synchronyfinancial.com. I'd also like to tell you about Too Embarrassed to Ask, my other podcast, which I host with Lauren Good of The Verge. That's me, but I'm thinking of changing my name to Alexa. Boom. God. Every Friday, we answer your questions about consumer no. tech. Lauren, what did we talk about this week? Well, we talked a lot about voice assistants yes, this we week, um, as well as hardware
1: products, because Google had a big hardware event last week, and so we brought in Google's Rick Osterloh. Rick, what
0: did we talk about this week? Oh gosh, we talked about a far-ranging and interesting intellectual discussion
1: that covered our new hardware launch uh-huh. and why we built the things the way we did.
0: Right. Very nice. It was very. We talked about Pixels. Exciting. We pixels.
1: talked about the Max and the Mini, mm-hmm. which are not Mark Zuckerberg's kids' names. Mm-hmm. We talked. <laughs> (laughs) We talked about all kinds of stuff. We
0: did, and what Google's doing, and the fact that Google doesn't have a watch, all kinds of things. Anyway, it was an enticing discussion with Rick Osterloh, who is a power monger here at Google, even though he denies it completely. It was a great discussion. We hope you go listen to it. You can find Too Embarrassed to Ask on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Too Embarrassed to Ask. See you there. All right. We're here with Susan Wojcicki, the CEO of YouTube, and we are at YouTube's headquarters where Susan presides over her many people who work for. Um, we've been talking about Hollywood and how it's changed and what she's doing at YouTube. Um, let's change the subject just a tiny bit. You wrote an essay recently um, about the incident at Google. I know you were involved with the decision making around the firing of James Damore, um, who had written an essay that alleged a, a bunch of things. People, s- He was saying he was not saying that women were more neurotic. I feel like he kind of did. I didn't kind of, he did. And there was a lot of controversy around it. But Google acted pretty quickly. And this is this diversity issue has been a big one for Silicon Valley. And you have been one of the people at the forefront of trying to change that, and one of the few women leaders at, at really in powerful positions. Can you talk a little bit about that essay and what your your point you were trying to make and, and what happened there?
1: Sure. Well, so first of all, the issue of diversity in women mm-hmm. in Silicon Valley has been the one that's been really, really near and dear to my heart mm-hmm. for a long time. I mean, just because I feel like I'm in meetings all the time, I see the fact that there are a lot more men than women, mm-hmm. and I see that women are missing out. Right. And I also see the way technology is changing our world, mm-hmm. and I, I'm concerned because I see that only 20% of the science, um, computer science degrees are being earned by women. Mm-hmm. And so you know, if we're going to have this force of change, I want to make sure that women are equally represented um, in, that, in that change. So this is something I've been working on for a long time. I've been working on it professionally. I've been working on it at Google. I've mm-hmm. been a big spokesperson for it. Yeah, you have. And and as a mother, I've also worked on it with my children. Yeah, you have sure, like eighty three
0: children. Yes, right? I have yeah. many children. Um,
1: and and I've been working on it with. And I've mm-hmm. talked about you know some of the challenges that I've seen actually as a parent. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can say whatever I want professionally, but then I come home. I also need to make sure that mm-hmm. in my in my home that. I'm doing the same sets of messages, right, and Mm -hmm. and having success. And that's actually been a really interesting thing for me is to see Mm -hmm. kind of my kids' reactions to computer science and what they like about it or don't like about it. But when James Damore wrote his memo...
0: This is an engineer at Google.
1: Who is an engineer at Google who wrote this memo... Um, that was very controversial. And it that was put, made put on Google. Google allows
0: people to put things on these different plat. They have many, many platforms for communication. Way yeah. too many.
1: Yeah, so Google allows everyone to communicate yes. about everything. We have many yeah. email aliases. We have mm-hmm. many ways for people to share and mm-hmm. discuss and debate. Um, that's a really core part of the value is enabling people to discuss. So he wrote a memo, which I think has been mm-hmm. well understood pro- mm-hmm. by your users, mm-hmm. right, where he made different assertions mm-hmm. um, in terms of women's capability capabilities. capabilities in tech and mm-hmm. why they were less likely to be in, t- in tech mm-hmm. and to be leaders in mm-hmm. tech right mm-hmm. and um, i was actually on vacation when that memo right. came out yeah. okay i was trying to get some, away yeah. um and i was i had read it and we were at dinner and i was talking about it with my kids mm-hmm. and you know their first the first question they had about it well well is that true mm-hmm. and like that really really surprised me mm-hmm. because I here I am. I've spent so much time, so much of my right. career to try to overcome stereotypes. Right, like right. I've done everything and then here it was this this letter that was somehow convincing your kids my that, kids and and, and, mil- diminishing and, you. and many other right. women in the industry um, and men in the industry right mm-hmm. that that was not true mm-hmm. and or convincing them that they that they were less capable in some right. way as a result. Right. And so that really upset me. And I felt like it was important for me as a woman, as a woman leader to mm-hmm. actually say something that, w- right. you know, there were many points of view about this, but I didn't want it just to be right. different men talking right. about women right. and like their capabilities. Like, right. I felt like as a woman, right. I needed to speak up and right. to say, look, this is hard. It's hard to be a, a woman in Texas. Mm-hmm. It's hard to deal with all these implicit challenges. And then mm-hmm. to have, you know, ex- these explicit um, challenges as well, to have people discussing and mm-hmm. debating your capabilities because of your gender right. is really, really, really difficult. Mm-hmm. And um, that's why I wrote the op-ed that I did. Right. Who Google which fired you were defending him.
0: the firing, you, which you were part of the decision making on that.
1: Yes, yes, I was. You know, it was. I it was, was a part of, I was part of. It. it was a group that that mm-hmm. made that decision. I was supportive of it, and I felt that it was. You know, we felt that he violated the code of conduct. Right. Um, that promoting harmful um, stereotypes in the workplace right. was was problematic. we work. Google's working incredibly hard to bring more women into mm-hmm. the workforce and to have promotion of harmful stereotypes is, right. is really, really difficult. And what I
0: think, were you surprised by the backlash that everyone should say what they want? And I was like, not at work, you can't for certainly. You know, you, you can do it in your free time kind of stuff. But were you surprised by the backlash of the free, you guys, there was a, there was almost a marge, there was almost...
1: I mean, I think people are confused about the platforms versus the company. So mm-hmm. Google and YouTube, both of uh, both companies are really, really important in the free speech discussion. Mm-hmm. In fact, it was interesting and to me. And people who
0: work here are very that way. Well, we too. all
1: care about free speech, but right. I'm just saying our, there's our platforms. Like in fact James Damore did his first interview on with a YouTube creator. So mm-hmm. so you know, that discussion on the platform, that's fine to mm-hmm. have on the platform. Um, you can have, you can, we have you know, lots of rules yeah. around the around the platform, about but we tolerate- hate speech and stuff, yeah. yeah, I mean, if you get into hate speech, it's a, it's a little violence, bit different. Right. Or violence or promoting violence, but we just enable a broad, broad range of, right. of topics to be discussed on, on mm-hmm. the platform uh, from all different points of view. But it's different if you're within a company and mm-hmm. you're within a company, we're trying to promote more women and people feel uncomfortable about that. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, think about how you would feel yeah. if you were a woman, and James Damore was on your promotion committee, right. you know, or or to see, just see that the, yeah, the company, company was, was enabling right. this type of harmful stereotype to persist and perpetuate within the company. Right. And so I think within a company, it's very, you know, there's a different set of rules within a company than there is on a right. platform that is about free speech. Are you
0: hopeful about the diversity issue? Because it's really just one sexual harassment lawsuit, Uber, SoFi, and everywhere else. How do you look at this? Because you've been here for a long time.
1: I'm hopeful about it. I mean, I think that we're just so early. I mean, the fact that we are undergoing this change is like undergoing the printing press revolution mm-hmm. and it would be like undergoing printing press and and only 20% of people could that could read or write or be women, right? right. Literature would be different. Mm-hmm. Society would be different. And you know, eventually like, you know, today everyone reads and writes, right? Mm-hmm. Regardless mm-hmm. of their gender or their mm-hmm. race. And so I do you think over time this will take? This will get resolved. I think the way to resolve it ultimately, I think computer science should be a mandatory class that's given mm-hmm. to everybody. Right. I mean, like if everybody has to take biology and chemistry, they can take computer science. Like right. Computer science is a more useful right. skill mm-hmm. right now um, than a lot of it. And then a, then the a lot time. of other things that people right. are learning at school right, right. now. And I, I don't want to like say one right. is better than the other, yeah, don't, but don't like wait into they're that all one. well, they're all in, they're yeah. all important. But there is no computer science being taught by many, for many right. many students. Right. And so I think that's really a problem. And when we do make it more generally available, then um, I think it will be—you know—that will—that will solve some of some of the issues. Because then, by definition, like everyone will be educated in this area. People will understand. Like, yes, women are great at this. You know, men are great at this. Everyone mm-hmm. can. Everyone can Instead do. Instead of this. the
0: self-selecting thing that happens now.
1: So right now, it's a self-selecting, and right. and I think there's something in computer science where. They've actually seen these studies where they said like in the 80s, when people started to have personal home computers, that's actually when the numbers changed. Mm-hmm. And I, for some reason, you know, boys were more gravitated to that more. And mm-hmm. so the theory is, you know, when you get into this entry-level class, it's not really an entry-level class anymore because right. there's a set of people who have, really who, are, who have already learned a lot and there's an expectation that you're, that you're higher. And I've seen that with my own kids. Like mm-hmm. what I found is, is that if you supplement and, and I was able to support them early enough, mm-hmm. then when they were in those entry-level classes, like they felt they were good at it. Right. Right. And So they defi- didn't feel defeated. So then they didn't feel defeated.
0: Right. And th- so like- are you, uh, one of the adjacent things is sort of the coarsening of the culture, which some people blame YouTube and Twitter and now Facebook for, uh, Facebook's getting sure. attacked. How do you look at the political culture? Now, YouTube hasn't been sucked into it quite as much as Facebook clearly has right now, and Twitter has been used by the president for all kinds of messages. How do you look at that? How do you consider that?
1: Well, we're a platform about free speech and we think it's really, really important that we Mm -hmm. enable all of that discussion. And we see all types of discussions happening on YouTube. I mean, one of the things that we've actually done is we have this program called Creators for Change where we've actually found individuals who are promoting messages of tolerance. They're fighting some of the really hard issues like Mm -hmm. Islamophobia or misogyny. And so we've actually um, awarded them as Creatives for Change. We're giving them funding. It gives them more promotion, better equipment. Um, We are promoting them ourselves with the idea of how can we get some of these voices of tolerance and like and really powerful messages out there But as a platform overall, our goal is just to enable all voices to come out for Mm -hmm. them to be able to communicate
0: Have you looked into whether the Russians have used YouTube because Today it moved to Twitter and obviously Google's been pulled into it, too But have you have you been looking at that whether they've used YouTube for? nefarious purposes
1: well, we're always monitoring YouTube for abuse and trying to understand how it's being used on our platform, who's monitoring it. Um, we think it's an incredibly serious issue. We've, we've so we've been looking to mm-hmm. um, make sure that we fully understand the way it's been used by different parties. Um, we don't see that right now, but I just want to say, you know, we're we are we are taking it incredibly seriously and. Um, And, you know, to date, we don't see anything, but we're always monitoring our service to fully understand it.
0: And Leslie, two more questions. Are you worried about Silicon Valley getting attacked more with regulatory issues? Obviously, Google has faced a lot of headwinds in Europe, but there's sort of a growing feeling that Silicon Valley is about to get its smacked around a little bit. And from a government point of view.
1: I do worry about it. I think it's hard because we're moving so fast. I think it's really hard for regulators to understand how fast Mm -hmm. we actually are moving and how quickly all of these markets are evolving. And so by the time you actually get the regulators involved and you get them up to speed and they understand it and they all agree and they make a rule, it's somewhat outdated. Right. And so the other chance is like they could make the wrong rule, Mm -hmm. right? They could make a rule that is completely impossible for us to comply with it causes us a lot of time and heartache to figure out like mm-hmm. how do we handle this and so i think self-regulation is really the best well that's what have
0: had well but,
1: we're I, I still think that that is mm-hmm. like the best um
0: do you see the, the winds of i mean the clouds gathering or it's definitely you know trump yesterday facebook is anti-trump or you know like it's starting to really focus in on it focus in on tech
1: well, because tech is is an important change, yeah. it's an important factor of change, and kind of back to my, like, I feel like I saw this, like, you know, yeah. I've, seen, I've seen this throughout my career, right. I've kind of have been able to, you know, see what, you know, the impact of this, I think, right. yes, tech is going to continue to be an important area, what we need to do is we need to continue to communicate more with policymakers, right. and I think that's a place that's really important, is to mm-hmm. better... Um, understood that they better understand what are we doing why are we doing it hearing their feedback figuring out how we can be responsive to that right and so I think you know it's it's maybe like the Hollywood and the Silicon mm-hmm. Valley mm-hmm. discussion that we had before yeah. that I that both sides need to better understand each other and then figure out like what's the right compromise yeah. that we need to have all right
0: last question you have a YouTube channel
1: yes what, I just started explain. my YouTube channel you
0: just four years later would you just yes. figure out the platform well, or something? So,
1: so it, it's great you're, you're, in your question, you're almost implying, like, of course you should have a YouTube channel. <laughs> of course you So should. I've...
0: Uh, well, you are I've, the CEO. Yes, you know yes, I mean? yes. I'm
1: a super, well, right. so I, I write
0: for Recode sometimes, you know.
1: I'm, gl- I'm yeah. glad, yes. And you do podcasts, as yeah. we're doing right now. Yeah. 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 So I've... Well, of course I've uploaded content to right. YouTube, right? Right. And I had always uploaded content to YouTube. Mostly your
0: knitting lessons. What? I don't know. What? I'm teaching. Just...
1: Stuff I saw, yeah. they were kind of more like the user generated, yeah. like like when I was at uh, Fortune Brainstorm, I saw mm-hmm. a bear, right? Mm-hmm. It was kind of funny to all these tech people, and then a bear sort of like <laughs> pouncing through the yeah. through the crowd, right? right? So you know, just like interesting things I saw, I had posted that on my channel, but then I thought, you know what? I want to become a really serious creator yeah. because I manage a platform that's used by all these creators yeah. and the only way i can really understand yes. this is to be a creator yes. myself yes. and so i decided like i'm gonna launch my own channel and mm-hmm. i just launched it yesterday what's it called
0: the susan Wojcicki channel
1: yeah it's just susan Wojcicki channel like all okay. creators most channels are right usually their and name what is or- your
0: speciality susan Wojcicki?
1: Well, I'm gonna cover a number of things. Okay. Like first of all, I'm gonna interview creators when they come to our oh, good idea to YouTube. So I'm actually gonna be like you, so maybe okay, you can give me luck. some good tips, yeah. Um, but I'm making it neg, really, neg really people. short.
0: Neg people like I'm well, doing. Well, no, to you that right doesn't now. work
1: so well. It um,
0: works but, really well. But well, go maybe ahead. for you, I don't yeah. know if that will work for Negging me. Like running the platform with all, right. all the creators. So I'm my goal is to make you. this more positive. These are golden tips. But go ahead. Okay. So creators, what else? So I'm
1: gonna have creators come when when they come to headquarters. I'm gonna call it two by two. They ask me two questions. I asked them to. So mm-hmm. stay tuned. I'm going to post one really, really soon. Okay, on that. great. Right. Um, I'm also going to post on just, you know, so like on the Damore example that mm-hmm. we just talked about, like maybe next time I would do a video about that. Like oh. things that I feel strongly about, like an opportunity for me. To express that point of view and then the third thing is is that i get questions from creators about running the platform so whenever i go to a city i go to poland oh, or questions you know warsaw for
0: Susan. I like yeah her.
1: questions about well about youtube mm-hmm. right i mean we have millions of creators and mm-hmm. they have questions like you know why aren't my notifications showing up the way i expected mm-hmm. them to show or like when are you having this feature why did you get rid of that feature tell me about monetization right so there right. are lots and lots of questions and so i want to be able to hear their questions and then Go out and put that on my channel. And, I sing. So, what I realized is it's a more scalable way. Like, when yeah. I go to a city, I meet with 10 you're creators. Like, you're, that's
0: you're great. Creating but, content. how do I just
1: make it scalable and right. like post it and make it available for the millions of creators on our platform?
0: Will there be any singing?
1: I'm a terrible singer. Right. No I am singing. not going to sing.
0: No cover. I will playing? say. Uh, no Demi no. Lovato covers? No,
1: I'm not a, I'm not a, that is not in my. But my you're going to get house. Demi on
0: this thing. Let's put Demi. She gets lots of people. Well, Seem to. Could, she seems I to be I could interview
1: her, for example, yeah. and have yeah. her on my channel. So actually, yeah. my first video that I just uploaded yeah. is actually advice of all these creators to me on how to run my oh. own channel. And so they were really funny. I mean these are these things. Walk creators, into a
0: wall. That's one of them. Play video games. They, and have not people what they watch said. It. Oh, what did they what was their number one advice? And then we'll let you go and run your company.
1: They said be authentic. Oh yes. That's be true. yourself. That's and true. So I think it's great advice. Yeah. All right. Be yourself. I'm gonna I'm gonna be me. All right. Talk about what I do and uh And we'll, I, see, we'll see how, how it goes. goes. Yeah, so you can watch it. I I, 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 I encourage I am... all your listeners to check out my right. channel. They all right. can all What's subscribe. It? Susan
0: Wojcicki, YouTube, yes, but just just yes. search on it.
1: Yes, all it's right. It's not. It's not hard.
0: All so right. YouTube. Maybe I'm going to start a YouTube channel. And I think see if you I can should. Compete.
1: I really. So that's actually one of our goals. Our goal yeah. is like everyone who, you know, who has a public yeah. presence should yeah. have a YouTube channel. Yeah. Um, it's an opportunity to upload their videos. We have all these features to be yes. able to communicate I'm just with between
0: Snapchat and Instagram and all these other things all day long. No, I don't have any. But time the to.
1: thing of one thing that's unique about mm-hmm. YouTube and one of the reasons that that is really different is like you can actually earn revenue.
0: Right. right. Well, then you know what? I'm just going to sit around and say rude things and then just publish them like some rant well if
1: you're funny the humor works rant. really well, well. Funny. so I'm if funny. you're funny which I know you are alright okay. then like alright you've sold
0: me Susan Wojcicki okay, alright I'm gonna
1: gonna, I'm gonna be looking for the Kara Swisher channel. YouTube channel yeah. I'm gonna be waiting for that one
0: it's called uh, Shut the Fuck Up channel anyway <laughs> uh, it was great talking to you though and thanks for Thank coming you. on the show if you enjoyed the interview as much as I did be sure to subscribe to the show be the first to listen to future episodes or catch up on previous episodes including some really Fantastic interviews we've done with people like investor Chamath Palihapitiya and Finding Magic author Sally Quinn. And on my other podcast, Too Embarrassed to Ask, we recently interviewed Susan's sister, Ann Wojcicki, the CEO of 23 and May. This is a very achievement-oriented family. You can find all those episodes and more wherever you found this one or on our website, recode.net slash podcast. Now that you're done with this, check out our other shows on Recode Media with Peter Coffey. you hear no BS interviews with some of the smartest people in media entertainment. I host Too Embarrassed to Ask along with Lauren Good of The Verge, where we answer all of your questions about consumer tech. And on Recode Replay, you can find audio from all of Recode's live events, including the Code Conference. Thanks for listening. Thanks also to Cadence 13, the company that distributes this show, including Beth O'Connell and our editor Chris Basil. And thank you to our producer, Eric Johnson. This has been another episode of Recode Decode. I'll be back here on Monday with another great guest. Tune in then. If you're looking for a new podcast to try, how about Planet Money? One thing people say about Planet Money is how much they love listening to it, even though they don't care about business or economics. It's just a smart show with great stories that help explain your world. Find Planet Money on the NPR One app or wherever you get your podcasts.